pray for you, Graham, if I may. Good morning. Excuse me while I just clear some space. It doesn't do to be too restricted. I'll just get rid of the Bridge of Baptist Church ashtray, put it over there. Thank you. We'll make a bit of room. Here we go. Okay, um, good morning. Nice to see you all. Um, I, I have a bit of a problem this morning, and, and the problem is that it's really difficult to find anything to present to you from the, the wide world of dramatization that actually, I feel, gives the proper perspective for the angel appearing to Mary. Um, mostly because I don't have, you know, a 64-voice choir in the background. It's not snowing outside, etc., etc., etc. It's very difficult. And every sort of clip that you see, that was the best one I could find, and it's in the authorized version. They're the best, I, you know, they're all ever so serious, and, but rather well-behaved and controlled. Do you know what I mean? It's sort of like a sort of angelic brief encounter, you know. I say, Mary, you're terribly blessed. Oh, oh, don't be afraid. Very well, then. You're going to have a baby, and it's going to save the whole world. But I'm not married. Don't worry about that. The Holy Spirit will sort it all, and you will be fine. Oh, fine. Thank you. Cheery pip, cheery pip. And it's sort of, you know, it's, it's just, doesn't, you know, it's, it, this is, this is not how it worked, really. And, it, you know, it, it wasn't a calm business. I mean, there's Mary. She's, what, I don't know, 14, 15, certainly very young. She's walking through the street, and a man talks to her. Now, nowadays, that might not sound particularly shocking, but in Palestine at that time, that was actually against the law. It was against the law. It was a, the oral tradition said, let no one talk with a woman in the street, not even a, a, your wife. So you couldn't even talk to your wife in the street. Whether she, of course, could talk to you, I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> that'd be another one. Now, now, there would be a law worth having, absolutely. <laughs> what can I say? So, but... <laughs> So, you know, when this angel speaks to Mary, potentially, this is a flogging. You know, when, when it says she was afraid, when she says she was troubled, it wasn't like, oh my goodness, it wasn't, you know, it was really afraid. I'm in trouble now. What are you doing talking to me? Don't talk to me. It was that kind of fear. So when the angel, and I did think about this, right, because I don't know if it actually happens, I have to say. I'm not sure that sort of Gabriel rehearsed his speech in front of the mirror before he came down to Mary. But I kind of get the impression by this time it wasn't really going to plan, you know? Blessed are you, Mary, hysterical teenager. No, that wasn't really what I wanted. So, you know, calm down. Take it easy. It's all right. God favors you. So Mary calms down, heart pumping, still pumping. Because you're, you're going to have a baby. And it's going to, he's going to save the whole world. So it's kind of calmed down. And then you get to that point. 
Do you know, do you know there are some questions that really you don't want to know the answer to? And, and that's where, a bit like, a bit like haggis, okay? <laughs> Think haggis, okay? Imagine the scene. Good evening, sir. Would you like to try our Scottish special? Hmm, that'd be very nice. Thank you. It's haggis. Haggis? I've never heard of haggis. Let me serve you haggis. Excuse me, sir. Are you enjoying the haggis? Hmm, it's delicious. What's in it? You see, that's the question you shouldn't. Oh, well, oats and barley and all the slimy bits inside a sheep that you don't want to touch. Uh, anyway, that's by, but it's much the same. There is Mary going, you're going to have me. How exactly am I going? See, this is not a good question. How exactly am I going to have a baby? And the angel says, and again, I don't get this calm bit, you know, don't worry, the Holy Spirit will make you pregnant. Oh, that's all right then. That's that. What a terrifying answer. God is going to make you pregnant. You know, that's, that really is something, isn't it? That's a real shock. So, and, and you know, Gabriel, Gabriel's a big guy. He's, he's, if you remember a few months earlier, I don't know if you know the story about Zachariah and the birth of John the Baptist, but when anybody had argued with Gabriel before, he just shut their mouths for the next nine months. Hey, this guy, I'm, you know, yes. So, he, you know, he, don't mess with Gabriel is what I'm saying. You know, it's, it's a, okay, it's not exactly in the Bible, but it is a biblical principle. Just by the way, ladies and gentlemen, if, if ever you come across an angel, just sink this in your mind. Don't mess with Gabriel, okay? He's well hard, okay? He's like a heavenly dude. Don't mess with him. That's what I'm saying. Anyway, so he says, well, look, you know, it's all happening already. Even Elizabeth is pregnant, and she's incredibly elderly, probably 36. So, she's incredibly elderly and well past the point of having children. So, you know, and Mary's like, what? At 36, you're joking, aren't you? So, you know, it, it was proof. It was, you know, not to be expected. She might have been 80. I, I don't know. I don't think she was. Now, the same, what I want you to see is that when Mary responds and she says, when Mary says, well, let it be as you said, kind of, again, this is, this is often dramatically presented as sort of, oh, yes, let everything be as you've commanded. I am now completely on board. But it wasn't, that wasn't actually what the response meant. Now, it wasn't exactly, you know, yeah, Gabe, whatever. I mean, it wasn't quite that, but it was a kind of playing for time statement. It was kind of, well, okay, if you've said so. Do you know what I mean? It, it was a, quite a frightening and confusing encounter for Mary. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't this sort of serene scene. It would have been frightening, and it would have been scary, and the information, let's be honest, was kind of a lot to take in. So, it always gets presented as, you know, 
like I said, rather, rather civilized and clipped. But the reality is, that must have been awful. That must have been really scary, you know. So, I just wanted to, um, what shall we say, offer an alternative story line, just to get a sense of what that must have been like. And I don't know if you can put yourself in Mary's shoes, but, you know, some big guy comes down, is essentially incredibly rude in a way that could get you into a lot of trouble, tells you that something biologically impossible is going to happen to you, and then says, uh, and is that all right? Because I'm off now. What do you say? You know, yes, I'm fully on board with this. I, I have in an instant thought through all the ramifications of it and completely agree. You, you don't, do you? You go, oh, okay. That's, and that's what we're looking at, yeah. Do you follow that? It's, it's really quite dramatic. Have I changed this, this Christmas's nativity scene already? <laughs> I'm, I'm looking for some small child to go, it is an angel. Can we sort that, Mary? Can we, can we have a, I'll, I'll have a word with Mary and see if we can. Better. Okay, so there, there's the scene. Are you with me? Just want to point out a few things about Mary. Just so we know, I want to point out a few things about this for Mary that maybe we can learn from ourselves. The first one is this. Notice that Mary isn't actually given any choice. Mary isn't actually given any choice here. The angel comes and announces. In fact, when I was looking through YouTube, and it, it's called the Annunciation, the announcement. So, it's, it's proclaimed, it's, it's declared. Mary, it's not like, if it's all right with you, Mary you're going to be pregnant by the Holy Spirit and give birth to Jesus. It's no. God favors you. It's going to happen. So, when we think about Mary's response, let's think about that in comparison, let's say, to our response when we are presented with the fait accompli's of life, the inescapables, when we find that we've, you know, put ourselves in a position where we're just going to have to work our way out when people that we like behave in ways that we find are hurting us, but we have no control over. When we find ourselves, um, you know, ill with something that, we're, that is not going to go away again. You know, all of us get placed in a position where we have no choice. Life is going to be what it is, and our job is to think about how we respond and deal with that and so, we've got a lot to learn from Mary about that, because that happens to all of us. Okay, not, you know, this is going to happen, because that was quite big, but we all face things where life is what life is, and we have no choice. How do we respond? Do we, do we run around ranting and raving and shouting at God or shouting at other people? Do we you know, do we dive into that pool of self-pity and swim around in the deep end? <sighs> it's one of my favorite places. Um, you know, it's been, yes, drip self-pity. Where have you? I've been swimming. Yes. You know, is, you know, is it that thing about, you know, it not being fair 
looking around, I don't know about you, are you a very comparative person? Do you notice? I, I don't know about you, but you mostly we notice the people who we think are doing better than us. We have a kind of one-sided notice. And occasionally we notice the people who aren't, and, um, well, that's pretty unpleasant. Let's go back to the people who are doing better. And, uh, you know, what, what, when we think about it, Mary is faced with this fait accompli, this, this, this inescapable, what this is going to happen to you. And really, think about it, it was tough for her. It meant physical danger, displacement, being away from family for a long time, um, hardship, and, and ultimately heartbreak. You know, this was, this was not an easy road that she was being faced with. So, you know, when we think about that, it's, you know, it's quite interesting. Psalm 31 and 15, the Bible says, our times are in your hands. So, talking about God, you know, that's, how do we respond? Second point for Mary is this, Mary did not respond immediately. She didn't respond immediately. So, when we start with the first, you know, with her statement, which is, well, okay, basically, okay, but she's playing for time to think, because she didn't actually respond immediately. Now, if you think about all the characters we've looked at so far in our, in our journey, Jonah, Moses, we've looked at, um, help me out here, we looked at Peter, Gideon. So we looked all, now the thing about all of them is that they all just kicked off. As soon as they heard, off they went and won, you know. So Jonah went, no chance, I'm out of here. And he ran off. Moses went, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. You know, um, Peter went, I don't think I'm eating that. I know that Tim also covered Cornelius, but that doesn't help my point, so I'm ignoring the fact that he said it. <laughs> Gideon went, are you sure? Are you, look, I'm only little. Are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? Tim's talk is excellent. It's now online. Please get it. So is James. So is Suze. So please, if you go online, you can pick up those. There might be one or two others, but they are the main ones. Excellent. So, but they all reacted. They all kicked off. Mary didn't. Mary, in fact, took her time. When we hear Mary's reaction, it's actually after she's packed her bags and headed off to visit her sister, or, or sorry, our cousin um, Elizabeth, and, uh, and then we see that she's had time to respond. So she doesn't just kick off on one. I don't know what you're like. Yes, I can see you're all calm and measured. It's, it's a good thing. Well done. Just keep that up. It's only me standing at the front that goes off on one when I hear stuff I don't like. It's, it's gratifying for me to know that I don't have to say to any of you, take your time, take a breath. <sighs> Such maturity. It's inspiring. Thank you. Yeah, you know what I mean? Don't kick off. You know, God gives you something. You don't like it. Off you go. You've never done that, have you? Yeah, I knew. That's good. Okay, so we'll move on. We need to respond reflectively. <clears throat> In 1 Thessalonians 5, Paul says, test everything. Hold on to the good. And there is a reality in this, is that what if the angel had been talking nonsense? 
What if it had been a hallucination? What if it had been all those things that you would have probably and I would have probably thought? Because if I saw an angel, I'd be shocked and amazed, and then afterwards, skeptical and dubious. You know what I mean? I'd be looking at what was in my tea. I'd, I'd be, you know, I'd be wondering if Arlene was trying to get rid of me. I'd, I'd be, I, you know what I mean? You go through all of that. Take a breath. And, and Paul says, that's fine. That's what we should do. We should test everything and hold on to what's good. So when you think God is speaking to you, take a breath. Think about it. Maybe it's not how you think it is. Okay, so here's the next one, which is related to that, which is Mary did not go blabbing it out to everybody. She didn't run down the street going, I'm going to have a baby, and it's going to be the Savior of the universe. No, thank you. I don't need a man. I'm fine, thanks. She didn't do that. Probably wise not to do that, but she didn't. She didn't go. She was selective about who she spoke to. She didn't just go shoot her mouth off to everybody. Probably, and you're right, because not everybody would understand what she was saying or understand what it meant. That is the same now, isn't it? I'm not saying we don't speak to people, but we are selective about who we discuss, discuss with people who might be able to do it. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, the man with the, without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit, for they are foolishness to him. He cannot understand them. I've lost count when my, in my earnest youth of having people sneer at me and going, oh, so God talks to you then, does He? And I'm me going, yes and people just not, just making, they think I'm an idiot. So, you know, I did, stopped, stopped telling people. The trouble was, because I'm impetuous and foolish, I just stopped telling everybody, which was just the wrong thing. You know, I don't know about you, you know, in terms of reactions, and it does work like this, you know, there are many stages, but often when we look at reactions, we have this station here and this one at the other extreme. You know what I mean? I'll tell anybody, I'll tell nobody. No, 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 no. hang on, there's, there's a few stages in the middle here. You don't have to swing like one to the other. You know, it's about who you do, and that's what Mary did. And when she did speak to Elizabeth, Elizabeth understood what she was talking about, and so they could comfort and advise one another. Does that make sense? This is sensible. Mary is very sensible. Okay. The next point is this, that on reflection, even though Mary was facing definite hardship, she considered herself blessed. When we face hardship, we mostly consider ourselves unfortunate, possibly even cursed. And, and, and we're back to this pendulum again, aren't we? Things go good, God loves me. Things go bad, God hates me. Things go good, God loves me. Things go bad, God hates me. We do that. Do you do that? Yes. I am the strongest Christian in the world. Maybe I don't believe any of this. I am the… Do we do that? Who does? No, we, we don't do that, do we? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. But Mary did the opposite because she took a breath 
because she spoke with people who would understand what she was talking about, when she looked at what was frankly an enormously challenging and dangerous situation, she saw the reality and praised God. Something that I have to say, I have not always done myself. This is a remarkable woman. The final thing I want to say is this, is that Mary became pregnant by the Holy Spirit and gave birth to the living Word. Now, I appreciate that in physical terms, this was a unique event. But in spiritual terms, this still happens. That essentially, what, what we see here with the birth of Jesus was the dawn of it being possible for anyone to become pregnant with the Word of truth from the Holy Spirit and give birth to that. And that's scary, isn't it? Jesus told us about the Holy Spirit, but before, just as an idea, just, just to give you the symbolism, in Romans, and Paul says this, he says, the whole of creation waits like in the pains of childbirth for the first fruits of the Spirit. Now, this is not accidental. I, 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 Jesus' birth was actual. It wasn't symbolic. It was real. You know, it was a physical birth. But what it represents is something that we can also enter into. Jesus says the Holy Spirit does this. It first of all convicts people in regard to sin and righteousness. So that's the first thing that the Holy Spirit will do. It says that Jesus told us the Holy Spirit would guide us into truth. The Holy Spirit would bring glory to Jesus. That the Holy Spirit would take what comes from God and give it to us. And my belief is this, that the Holy Spirit impregnates everybody with truth but what, what we give birth to. I've, I meet hundreds of people who are not Christians, but I can see that the Holy Spirit impregnated them with the truth. And some have reacted through guilt. Some have reacted in anger. Some have reacted in rebellion. Some have even declared war on the church. But it gives birth to something because the Holy Spirit cannot be ignored. But the same happens out. I still believe that the Holy Spirit moves among us and impregnates us with truth. And the question for you and me is, what do we allow that to give birth to? Silence, ignore it, questioning. Do we move forward? Are we obedient? Do we hear what God's saying? Do we question it? Do we weigh it up, and if we think it's to our advantage, we follow it, and if we think it's not, then we don't? You know, what do we do with this? But I don't believe that anyone can move through life and not encounter the Holy Spirit. And if we call ourselves followers of Jesus, then I'm afraid that that's very likely to be an almost daily event. And the question is, what do we do with that? So just three brief things from what Mary did. The first one is this, recognize it. 
we need to recognize that the Holy Spirit is touching our lives. The first way to do that is to recognize that it cannot be otherwise. I think, when was it? Well, it was a long time ago, and I think I talked about Shirley from Ludlow, who's not a real person. Do you remember that? Shirley from Ludlow. The, the theory with Shirley from Ludlow is this. God is the God of the absolute universe. He's moved heaven and earth and creation. In fact, He's impregnated a woman by His Holy Spirit, which has never been heard of, and given birth to the physical incarnation of the living Word of God, just so that He can reach everybody in the world and speak to everybody except Shirley from Ludlow, who says, well, God never speaks to me. Well, of course, you're right, Shirley, because God, God has just singled you out, the whole of creation, not to talk to. This, you know, God is in His heaven. Don't talk to me about that, Shirley. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, I don't want to know. Everybody else, yes, but not her. I, I not, this is nonsense. But we allow, all, all of us allow ourselves to get into this thinking we become Shirley of Ludlow. <laughs> I'm looking at a room through of Shirley's. Yes, I know the joke from airplane, but I'm not going to do that. You're not going to go, don't call me Shirley. So anyway, enough. Um, but you know what I'm saying? We do it, but this is not, we have to recognize that that's not true. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you today, and if you don't listen, He'll do it tomorrow and you'll keep doing it all through your life. Maybe you can look back, and you can see God's hand on your life, and you think, well, who'd have thought that? I'm not surely from Ludlow. God is speaking to me, and, it, and that's so we need to have spiritual ears open, spiritual eyes open. We need to recognize in our troubles, and in our dark times, and in our happy times, and in our busy and distracted times, we need to still be alert that the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. The second thing we need to do is what Mary did, and that is we need to reflect on this. You need to give it time in prayer. You need to speak with other spiritual people and take your time and consider what it is. It says later on about Mary, after the range of events, and it says, Mary treasured these things and pondered them in her heart. This was not a one-off. This is Mary by nature. You know, she was, she was a wise and reflective person before she got to the point of half my age. Well, she was 14, so she was nearly half my age. But, you know, that's what we need to do as well. We don't go dashing off, but we don't do nothing. We need to reflect and talk and pray and work out what we're doing. And then the final thing, which is obvious, I know you're going to say, it's the third R. It's we need to respond. So we recognize it. We reflect on it, and then we respond. What is your response? Do you hear it and look away? Do you work out whether you like it or whether you don't? Do you keep it to yourself? Do you blab it out to everybody before it's had a chance in any way to be considered and reflected? What we need to do is not turn away. We need to hear and obey. We need to reflect, share it with other people. Why not let us pray for you? Why not let somebody here pray for you? If God is touching your heart today, if God is speaking to you today, if the Holy Spirit has got a word for you today, and I believe He has, why not do that? If you've never met Jesus, then the Holy Spirit will be speaking to you this morning. 
And he'll be pointing out to you that you can meet him today, and there is nothing that you have done or that other people have done to you that can impede you having a relationship with Jesus and have your life changed and transformed. If you've met Jesus, but you don't really feel His touch on your life, well, you can have that too. He can change your life in an instant. He can speak into it and show you what you need to do. If you feel you've heard and you just are worried or afraid or unsure of what He's saying, let us pray with you. Share it with people who've come under the same burden, and we'll walk this together. Let's do that. But whatever you do, don't go away without the Word of truth giving birth in your life. Don't go away without that. Let us share with you. Mary said, may it be as you have said, and I say the same, Holy Spirit, may it be in every life here this morning as you have said. May it be as you have decreed. You have plans for us not to harm us, but to do us good. Plans to give us hope and a future. And that's my prayer. Let Jesus have His way in your life, even if it's the first time starting today. Let Him have your way. Just hear what He has to say, reflect on it, and give Him His way. That's what I'm saying. Let's just pray. Father God, we are just inspired by Your servant Mary. What a holy and wise woman. And uh, we are in awe of Your choice and Your wisdom. Lord, we know that um, we, we often don't respond like that. But in the little that You've asked us to do, in the difficult times that are our path, in the big challenges, and in the small services, Lord, all of it we want to hear and to obey. Speak to us by Your Holy Spirit this morning. Open our hearts. Don't let us respond inappropriately, but allow it to sink into our hearts that the truth from your Holy Spirit may give birth to great things. Make us fruitful, Lord Jesus, for the glory of your name and our Father in heaven, we just pray. Amen. If you want prayer, please come and see me or other people. There'll be other members of the leadership available.